0: That's fun. That is so much fun. God's good, isn't he? Amen. How many of you enjoying this nice hot weather? Amen. <laughs> How many of you are already ready for winter again? How in the world can you be ready for winter again after the winter we just had? Oh my goodness. Unless you're Jared, he's out mowing in it every day. So uh, yeah. We are in our summer school series, believe it or not. And you know, last week I talked about working faith. You know, faith is a big word when it comes to the Bible, right? And today I'm going to kind of break stride just a little bit. Ain't nothing going to break my? I, I want to build on that idea of faith just for a, a few moments today. And I really would like to just start by asking you a question. And then I had them put them on the screen. I think this is an important question. And it is, what do you expect? What do you expect? You know, I know a lot of times we see that and we think, what did you expect? But I think when it comes to faith and our understanding of faith and what it means to have faith, faith needs an accompaniment of expectation in order for it to really apply in our life, that it, it really, you know, if you're not expecting something to happen, I think that's what I love about the whole idea of the measure of faith that we have that that gives us that degree of expectation. When we when we get behind the wheel of the car and we turn the key or we push the button, we we do that because we have faith that that action is going to produce something. We, have, we, we believe that the car is going to... Now, it doesn't always work out that way. I've discovered that recently. But, um, it, but, but it's the truth. We, our measure of faith helps us flip on light switches. And, and when you flip a light switch, you expect that the lights are going to come on. Sometimes they don't. But, but yet there is this measure of expectation that if we didn't have the expectation... Think about this for a second. If you didn't have the expectation then you would never even attempt. You know, it's like when the electricity is off in the house, right? You know that it doesn't matter how many light switches you flip, no lights are coming on because electricity is off. And so you use your measure of faith to light a candle or find a flashlight. And you expect for light to come from that and so you're now applying your faith in a different way, but it, but it hinges on this idea of expectation. And us stopping for a moment and, and drawing our attention to this reality that working faith takes a measure of expectation. I expect. I expect. My mind went to a story in the, in the Bible, Mark chapter 9, Verse 17 begins, a man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. Now I want you to notice this. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him, and when the Spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. The 23rd verse is pivotal words by Jesus, if you can. Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. But then, there's this oxymoronic statement from the man. He says, I do believe, but then he says, help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he is dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. Now this is a dire situation in this family. If you can imagine having a child that, that uh, is experiencing this in his life. And there had to have been a measure of faith in this man to even approach Jesus and his disciples. There had to be even a measure of expectation in this man for him to even approach Jesus and his disciples. He came to them expecting... Matter of fact, he even went as far to say that he came to Jesus and he was was expecting something to happen. He was expecting his boy to be delivered. I think it's very plausible here that this particular story took place after Jesus had already sent disciples out. Where it was already told to people that the disciples came and healed sick and cast out demons. And the the disciples came back just rejoicing over this fact that even the demons are subject to us in your name. But yet in this instance, Jesus turns to them and says, how long am I going to be with you? I mean, it's almost like saying, how long am I going to put up with this? And so I see this man, and, and I know you, know you go off of your own experiences in life. I think that at that point when the disciples could not help him, I think at that point there was a moment where he still believed that Jesus could do it. But suddenly, he's lost his expectation. That I really believe that Jesus can do it. I know he can. I've, I've seen the miracles. I've heard the miracles. This man stood in that moment. Not necessarily saying that his faith was crushed. But his expectation was crushed. He looks at Jesus and says, if you can, I know you can, but if you will, if you are willing, you can you could deliver my son. But at this moment, right now, I'm not I'm, I'm not real sure about the willingness. And that's when that's when Jesus turns to him with those powerful words and and looks at him and says if you can believe if you can all things are possible to those that believe and the man makes the statement I do believe but I'm going to need a little bit of help in my unbelief how do you believe and unbelieve in the same sentence how do you declare your faith And declare your lack of faith in the same breath. I believe that when you view it in the realm of faith and expectation combined together. You will understand that this man was literally saying, I believe that you can deliver my son, but I don't believe that you really want to. I believe that you can. I believed that the disciples could. But now I'm questioning the willingness. The willingness. See, it's getting right to the focus here. I want to say that faith is the key that unlocks the door to a miracle answer. But it is our expectancy that unlocks our faith. True faith expects something to happen. It expects God to move. It expects the answer to come. It expects the miracle to take place. And we really can't receive that which we do not believe and expect. This man came first to the disciples because he had faith, but clearly when the disciples weren't able to help him, that question mark arose. And it leads us to understand and know that in times where we are exercising our faith, it is very beneficial for us to, in that moment, begin to truly expect God to do something. Now, I've discovered that the something isn't always perhaps what I wanted. I've discovered in my life that I've prayed for answers and and pretty much the opposite. God, God pretty much did the opposite of what I thought would take place. But I've lived long enough to recognize that as time passes you look back and say God had it right the whole time. God knew what he was doing the whole time. This Particular man received a profound miracle from Jesus. A profound miracle. And it came after he believed and then once again expected. Jesus said this in Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. See, it's more than saying, I believe, it's expecting to receive. In verse 23, Jesus said, if anyone says and does not doubt in his heart, that's faith. But then he went on to say, but believes that, he, that what he says will happen. That is expectancy. And I believe that it is the will of God for us to receive the promises of God in our life. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus speaking says, I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city until. Some translations say tarry until. There's this idea of tarrying until. Matter of fact, Jesus reminded them of this in Acts 1, chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my, my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Expect something to happen. Don't move. Stay where you are. Keep believing. But in your believing... Start expecting. It has been promised, so don't stop until. And they assembled in that upper room, and they did exactly what Jesus told them to do. They prayed with expectancy. They, they voted for Matthias to take the place of Judas with expectancy. They fellowshiped in expectancy. The promise they knew was coming. They knew it was coming. And it did come. In Acts 2, verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, it's amazing to me this whole word, suddenly. They've been, they've been waiting for, for some, some believe, seven others ten, seven to ten days. They've been waiting for this promise to arrive. But yet, when God describes the arrival of the promise, it was sudden. Well, I don't know how you feel, but I don't much like the tarry until... I like the instant. But the truth of God's word is, is that God's timing is always right. His timing is always right. It's never wrong. And and he doesn't necessarily work off of our stopwatch. You know it's not like, okay, God, I prayed. You got two minutes. I think, in reality, the tarry in this particular situation weeded out those who did not expect. I mean, when he told them to wait in Jerusalem, you know, not everybody showed up to that upper room. Matter of fact, more than 500 people were there when he ascended to the Father. But only about 120 stayed in that that place, waiting, tarrying, believing, expecting Sometimes even in our lives, in our tarrying period, it's it's a time when we start taking off hindrances and laying down weights. it, It might be a time when we redirect our focus so that when the promise does come, we'll be ready to receive it. Expectancy faith. I love the story of the first miracle performed by the apostles after the ascension. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. And there was a man there that had been lame from birth and he was begging, he was a beggar. Verse number 4 of John 3, it says, Peter looked straight at him as did John, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them, expecting. The backside of that story is that he got more than he was expecting. He was thinking... A couple of alms, a few coins. But in fact, on that day, what? I wonder if there was even a, a tinge of disappointment in him when Peter looked at him and said, I don't have silver and I don't have gold. I ain't got no money. But what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And in that instant, that man's life was miraculously changed in that suddenly in that suddenly his life was miraculously changed all because his faith led him to expect something oh you're you're not going to give me what I was asking for no I'm going to give you more I'm going to give you something better I'm going to give you something you you couldn't even dream of. You weren't even imagining it. I mean, you thought you had it all planned out. You thought you knew all of the ins and outs and you had all the bases covered. You, You thought. But I feel like the Lord is speaking to people today and speaking to us. I feel like the Lord is saying, raise the level of your expectancy. And trust that the Lord of the harvest, Jesus Christ, is going to give you something better than you were even asking for. What a God. What a God we serve. And you look in the Bible and you you follow the stories of so many. And you'll see that play out time and time and time again we discover that he is more than enough we discover that his answer is exceeding abundantly we discover that his joy is unspeakable you can't even, you can't even describe it his peace passes understanding you can't even think it He is a God of more. Amen? Would you stand with me today? Father, I am thankful right now for your word. I am thankful for your touch, for your help. Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that there are those that are Here in this room, those that may be watching online, I pray right now that there would be a very special touch of faith in their life that would raise the level of their expectation. I don't know what all they've been praying for. I don't know all of the needs in their lives, but I do know you know them. And I pray right now that we would be a people, Lord, that would not just say, I believe, but that we'd be a people to say that I also expect. Um, We're looking We're looking upon you and expecting to receive something. And I pray that you would give us a satisfied soul and a comforted heart that when that answer does come, whatever it may be, when that answer does come, that we will be fully satisfied with what you have done. Today, we pray for your hand of grace and mercy upon those that are facing sickness we pray in Jesus' name that you would bring healing to their life, to their body, to their mind, to their spirit. I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would touch those who are in need of a, a job, that you, would, that you would open doors that no man can shut, that would, you, you would land them in that perfect place where they can not only supply the needs of their family and supply the needs of of the kingdom of God, but, but that they would actually enjoy working there. I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would touch those who are in need. That you would make provision in their life. God, we're going to give you the praise and the glory for all of these things that we know you're doing. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Hey, God good? Let's give the Lord a hand of praise because he's worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We close our services with a time of giving. There are now four ways to give. You can give during church, by mail, online, text message. All the information's up there for you. It's also in your bulletin. And look at your bulletin. There's good information in there that you need to know. (laughs) Yeah. And we really mean that. You know, my phone has the news thing, right? The Apple News. And it cracks me up every day. They'll say, five things you need to know today. And I look at their five picks, and I don't really need to know any of it. I like, I don't need to know that. I really don't care about that. I don't care about that either. And so I, I never, are y'all know what I'm talking about? I never punch you I just never, I, I, give, I give up on it. They never pick good news for me. They always pick stuff I don't care about. But now you need to know what's in that bulletin.